0: This is The Lid is On, I'm Conor Lennon. Today we return to the historic UN Water Conference, which took place at the end of March at UN headquarters. I moderated some sessions of the SDG Media Zone, a series of live panels featuring experts and UN officials. Water doesn't respect borders, and 153 countries share basins. Water scarcity is increasing, and so is the potential for conflict. Water for cooperation was one of the key themes of this year's conference. During the event, two new countries joined the UN Water Convention, an international instrument designed to help iron out water disputes between countries. Nigeria was one of those nations. It's the most populous country in Africa with over 213 million inhabitants and it shares most of its water resources, which include the rapidly shrinking Lake Chad and the River Niger with its neighbours. I got the chance to speak to Suleiman Adamu, Nigeria's Federal Minister of Water Resources and Sonia Kerpel, the Secretary to the UN Water Convention. I started by asking Ms Kerpel to take me through some of the achievements of the Convention since it came into force around 30 years ago.
1: 60% of all freshwater resources are shared by two or more countries and therefore cooperating on those waters is crucial for um, peace, for sustainable development, for climate action, for agriculture and food and energy, but, as it was said, there is an increasing risk of conflicts due to climate change and other pressures. The Water Convention is a unique legal and intergovernmental platform which has, since its adoption, facilitated up to 100 transboundary agreements have been signed between countries which can help to uh, prevent conflicts, uh, but also Prevent, uh, help to set up strong institutions for its joint management, um, such as the Rhine Commission, such as uh, the Danube Commission, such as the Tataras Commission in Central Asia, or in Africa, we have, uh, the, uh, for example, the Senegal based development organization and others. And those organizations are really veritable agents of peace. Um, the Water Convention has um, also contributed to improved environmental protection and river restoration, for example, in the pan European region. It has um, uh, led um, to, um, to concrete benefits such as um, energy generation in shared basins, uh, such as um, uh, improved um, ecosystem well-being, and uh, in the last years there has been an in- increased momentum for transboundary water cooperation and the Water Convention, because um, so far as it was said. Around um, seven countries have joined officially the Water Convention but more than 20 more are in the process. So Nigeria was indeed the last country to join the Water Convention yesterday but um, from Africa now um, there are around um, 20 other countries which are in the process of accession and um, now there is also increasing interest in um, Latin America um, and even Asia. And um, the water convention has also helped together with its with its parties to uh, highlight the topic of transboundary water cooperation at the international level which is now also reflected on the SDGs uh, where SDG 6.5 uh, includes a call for transboundary water cooperation.
0: Well minister welcome to the UN water convention i know you had a, a big event yesterday to welcome you what difference do you think it's going to make to your country
2: Well uh, you know we've been Working on a regional basis, uh, we, we, are, we, are, we are signatories to the Niger Basin Authority Charter of nine countries for, uh, on the transboundary issues related to River Niger. Uh, of course, River Benue is also taken as a subs- uh, 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 you know uh, 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 it's 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 taken as part of the River Niger, and. Uh, we have also a, a similar one that's the Lake Chad Basin Commission, which is uh, of four or five countries dealing only with the issue of the Lake Chad, sharing the the, 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 the the resources of the Lake Chad. So this is not new to us, but what is important is that uh, we are now open to the international convention whereby we're moving from a, a regional uh, a situation to a more global uh, uh, you know, uh, community. And therefore, uh, it's... a. Uh, we're we're getting more exposure and also getting the benefits of what the the water convention will have to bring in. Uh, Of course it's still issues of uh, water security, they are very, very important to us. If you know what's happening to the Boko Haram terrorism that is happening uh, although very well contained now in the northeast uh, partially was due to the lack of opportunities arising from the shrinking of the Lake Chad and uh, all the efforts we've we'll been making to, to get the world to to, to, to to get the world's attention to, to, to protect the lake Chad from extinction, I think we didn't make go very far, and uh, we're hoping that maybe uh, this kind of international engagement, uh, being members of the inter- conven- uh, you know, the water UN Water Convention, might give us a more uh, 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 you know a bigger edge uh, towards uh, uh, getting more attention to that.
0: Well, let's talk a bit more about Lake Chad. As you said, it, it it's really shrinking 90% in the last 60 years. I mean, mm. that must have made a huge difference to people living in that region. Mm.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the estimate is about 40 million people uh, uh, are affected one way or the other uh, by by the Lake Chad. They, you know, it affects the livelihood of 40 million people or more. And uh, this is an area that has the... You know, it's among the poorest people on the planet. Uh, many uh, uh, climate change challenges, desertification, and so on, high evaporation. So that has led to the to the shrinking of the lake and all the opportunities uh, that are there. And that is what uh, uh, contributed significantly to the to the to the security challenges that we're facing there. So uh, we're looking for solutions. We feel that. Uh, it is dangerous for that area uh, and, and for the world for the livelihood of 40 million people to be affected. Uh, and uh, hydrologically, if you look at the, the the climate situation, the climate change and all the vari- the variables, the, the, evap- the, evap- the evaporation and the desertification, the Sahara Desert is moving southwards at the rate of 600 millimeters a year. Uh, we feel that in the next few decades, we may wake up one day and there is no Lake Chad at all. And uh, so, the, we need to wake up. It uh, used to be the sixth largest freshwater lake in the world. Uh, and uh, 40 million people are by no means a small number. I think we really need to, 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 to wake up and, uh, and address the challenges there.
0: And at a federal level, a population of over 200 million growing rapidly, urbanizing rapidly. You've got a big job on your hands.
2: Absolutely. Uh, you can see the, the part of the crisis has also moved inland because... Some of the grazing areas around the Lake Chad are no longer available. Uh, of course, uh, not only the, 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 the Boko Haram, but there's also rural urban migration into the cities, causing a lot of problem of urbanization. And the, the, the cattle farmers, you know, we have the nomads, the nomadic farm uh, herders. Uh, there is, it's, it's becoming there's a big area of conflict between the herders and, 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 and uh, the sedentary farmers in some communities within the middle section of the country and going southwards because uh, most of those areas are there where you have the, the, be, the best fodder available in the absence of what used to be available in the Lake Chad. So a big, big challenge for Nigeria.
0: Sonia, is Nigeria joining the Water Convention, as the Minister said, moving from a regional to an international focus? Is that going to make a big difference for Nigeria?
1: Yes, Nigeria will be able to um, to benefit from the um, global expertise, um, capacity building, and good practices which are available from existing parties from different parts of the world. Um, also accession to the water convention gives a positive signal to the international community including to, um, for example, international financial institutions. Um, and. Um, Access to the water convention can also support um, national water governance. So um, there are many different benefits. It can also support um, adaptation to climate change <laughs> because uh, as we all know, water and climate change are, are closely interlinked um, and actually the um, water convention is helping countries and basin concretely around the world to jointly adapt to climate change by developing joint adaptation strategies or so on. So Nigeria will be able to Bring forward its uh, requests um, uh, and needs um, and benefit from the structure of the convention, but also share it with good practices which are already available, such as the lectard Basin Commission on Adjay Basin Authority.
0: So, big benefits for joining the convention. The UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, he said he wants all countries to join the convention, but so far, 47, well, now 48 parties have joined. What do you think is holding other countries back?
1: Acceding to an international convention is um, a process which uh, needs to go through um, many steps. Uh, It needs to go to um, normally the government and the parliament. Uh, So such processes can take uh, several years. Um, Another issue is that um, so far, uh, transboundary water cooperation is sometimes considered as being a sensitive uh, topic, whereas actually it can bring many benefits even much beyond water, as I've been saying before. Um, and, um, and another reason is that the convention was only open for all United Nations member states for a few years. Uh, but as I said now, recently we have really seen a huge momentum. Actually, we are expecting that even today or tomorrow we will have the 49th party, namely Iraq, also joining the water convention. And yesterday we have heard that the parliaments of Namibia and the Gambia have also adopted accession and many other countries have shown their interest to accede. So we expect that uh, soon this number of um, 48 will rise up to 50, 60, 70. And the more countries join, the more the convention will become effective. And so I really call upon all United Nations member states to join the convention, as the Secretary General has also said.
0: Now, Minister, have you had the opportunity to raise the profile of cross-border water cooperation at this conference? Sorry? Have you had the opportunity to raise the issue of cross-border water cooperation at this conference?
2: Well, yes. uh, We've attended some sessions. uh, In addition to the one where we deposited the instrument yesterday, we also had uh, opportunities to speak at other uh, uh, side events. And uh, uh, I missed one. I was wanted to attend the one for I think Congo, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, also had a presentation. Uh, I wanted to know what are thinking was in, in, uh, in relation to our efforts within the member council of the Lake Chad Basin Commission for the interbasin water transfer project that we have been proposing from the Congo Basin. So yes, uh, quite a number of interactions, and uh, it's going to be continuous, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, wherever we go, we've been making the point where uh, uh, Nigeria was among the forefront Countries that uh, led to the creation of the Niger Basin Authority, for instance, and uh, we attended an event uh, related to that yesterday. I reiterated our, our commitment uh, to uh, transboundary issues. Twenty percent of the total fresh water that comes into Nigeria is transboundary water. So, and we are at the bottom, rock bottom of the of the of the you know of the whole chain. Uh, Nigeria is the last country. Uh, among the nine member countries that are within the basin. So we are the receiving end, so to speak. So we are, you know, it's it's an issue of uh, informed interest for us to be uh, really up in the game and be sure that uh, we support all these transboundary corporations because without it, I think we're the ones that are going to be most at the receiving end.
0: And looking to the future, you said there could be a future where Lake Chad has completely disappeared. Are you resigned to that or do you think that it could be saved?
2: Well, we had a conference in 2018, uh, an international conference on Lake Chad, and uh, we had two, uh, there was a consensus on two important issues. One, that uh, the lake needs to be saved from extinction, because it's really going towards extinction. Second thing was also that we agreed, that they, that there was a consensus that the inter-basin water transfer project from the Congo Basin to Lake Chad is probably one of the best options the uh, you know, the best solutions, a permanent solution to this problem because we can't stop desertification, we can't stop the evaporation, uh, the high evaporation, but we need to find a way to make sure that water still goes into Lake Chad. And this is a lake that has been fed by, through f- inflows from two rivers, rivers Cherry and, and Lagoon. So, but as a first step, what we're trying to do now is uh, improving the hydraulicity of the river. Probably if we improve the carrying capacity of the, of the, of the two rivers uh, that bring rainwater water, rain water into, into Lake Chad, uh, we might have a minimum amount of storage that will keep the lake existing for a very long time. I believe that is the first step, but there has to be medium and long-term solutions. And we think that the long-term solution probably has to be a drastic solution of a uh, moving large volume of water that generally flows into the Atlantic Ocean on an annual basis. Just 8% of that, we feel, can make a difference into Lake Chad.
0: So still hope and looking more widely, we're told we're in the middle of a water crisis, a water crisis that can get even worse. Sonia, are you hopeful that we can find the solutions to solve many of the problems we're seeing with these 3 billion people who are currently suffering some kind of water scarcity?
1: I am hopeful if we all work together on it. <laughs> I believe we need to um, mobilize governments, including at highest level, ministry level and even, even above. Uh, we also need to mobilize the, um, financial institutions and even the private sector also to, to, uh, to come in and to support them. Um, um, because water scarcity is also inf- affecting investments of, uh, of investors and companies. We also need to involve uh, civil society and uh, young people. And um, obviously uh, we need to have strong um, advocates for water uh, which show that water is crucial, not only for water in itself, but also for all the other SDGs. And particularly here, as as we said earlier on, transboundary Water Corporation is a very good example of how um, water can have triple effects uh, on other SDGs such as peace, such as climate action, such as environmental protection, energy, food, uh, etc.
0: You've been listening to The Lid Is On. This episode was recorded live at the SDG Media Zone at the UN Water Conference, which took place between the 22nd and 24th of March. On next week's show, we'll hear from the head of the World Meteorological Organization about the future of water and the climate.